Hi, Arthur. Welcome. Hi, glad to be here. Lately, there have been some media reports about potential capital outflows from China. How worried are you about this issue? Well, I'm not terribly concerned for two reasons. One is that the government still maintains pretty significant capital controls, and while you can evade these controls in various ways, they're not 100% sticky. It does mean that the government has the ability to regulate uh, large-scale flows if, uh, if it seems like there's a giant problem. Um, and there's been some talk that they might reduce or eliminate those controls within the next couple of years, but I think that's pretty unlikely. But the broader point is that we've been used to having just one-way capital flows for a long time because it was going through this gigantic investment boom and a big property boom. And so everyone wanted to get their money into China and no one wanted to take it out. Uh, and that's actually a fairly unusual situation. Most economies have flows going both ways. And in fact, many people for many years said that it was a big problem, not just for China, but for the rest of the world, uh, that China was kind of like a Hotel California for capital, and you could check in, but you couldn't check out, because uh, it created a lot of imbalances. Now, we seem to be seeing more volatility in the flows. We've seen uh, higher and lower levels of capital in inflows over the last few years. We've seen reserve accumulation. Uh, slow down quite dramatically, and as you mentioned recently, we've now seen some net capital outflows. Um, but I think that's just part of the normal process of readjusting the Chinese economy from one that was growing incredibly fast on the basis of investment-intensive growth to one where it's growing slower and more of the growth is coming from consumer activity. Capital outflows are fine and China can sustain a lot more of them without that being a problem. Capital flight, in the sense that it's dangerous, it's just not very probable at all. When people talk about capital flight, we often think about the Asian financial crisis in 1997. What are some elements or factors that was a major cause in that Asian financial crisis back in 1997 that's not existing in China right now? Well, I mean, I think the reason that some people are concerned about China is they look at it and they say, look, it, it's had incredibly high investment rates for a very long period of time. And that was also true of the Asian financial crisis countries like Thailand, Malaysia, uh, South Korea, and Indonesia. So a very sustained investment. A lot of this has gone into construction. Uh, and in, um, in Southeast Asia, it was mainly non-residential property construction. Uh, that was also the case, by the way, in Japan in the late 80s when they had their bubble. You had a sustained high level of investment in property, non-residential in that case. And then you had a property bubble that burst, and you had um, a, a currencies that were overvalued, and a lot of the companies that had been building uh, the property or doing other investments had been borrowing in dollars. Uh, outside the country. So when the currency dropped, suddenly the value of their loans in local currency terms went way up and they had no way to service those loans and they went bankrupt. So I, I, I think the people who look at this from the outside have, have good reasons to be a little bit concerned because on the surface you have a very similar set of phenomena in China over the last two years as you did in the Asian economies in 1997 and in Japan in the late 80s. But I think the differences are, first of all, the Asian economies 
in the 90s were mainly running current account deficits. China is running a very sustained current account surplus. Um, the Asian economies uh, did a lot of external borrowing, and China basically has no external borrowings. And so the overall, you know, the external debt ratio is very low. And then the final, the final point is that the, uh, the domestic financial system has a lot of liquidity and a fairly diverse, diversified spread of assets. So you can't have a crisis triggered by the foreign creditors calling in their loans and going, going away because there are no foreign creditors. And it's very, very difficult to see a crisis emerging from a domestic liquidity problem because liquidity in the banking system is still very, very strong. Um, so that's why I think that the, some of the more alarmist headlines about you know, capital flight or financial system collapse are overdone. Um, I think there are real concerns, though, because the economy does need to make a transition. The investment rate has been too high. And the return on investment in many, many sectors has been going down very dramatically. So there is a real problem with making capital as productive as it ought to be in China. And that is not, it's not a small problem, it's a big problem. Obviously, China's economy has already slowed. What's your projections of the growth rate in the next couple of years? The next couple of years are very tricky. Um, and so historically, I've tended to be on the more optimistic side when it comes to uh, expectations of China's growth. Right now, I think most of the market forecasters still are assuming that China will grow by 7.5% or so next year. And I frankly think it's very unlikely. I think it's going to be more like 6 or 6.5%. Six and, and the reason is that the government is on one hand trying to reduce credit growth and at the same time uh, do some structural reforms that probably in the short term will have the impact of forcing certain companies to go out of business or to reduce their operations. So you put these two things together, it's very, very difficult to see how the current rate of growth, which is barely 7% if you look on a sequential basis, it's very hard to see how that can be sustained. So if the government is serious about doing the right things, keeping credit under control, in starting some structural reforms, then I think you've got a couple of years where growth is going to be, by Chinese standards, fairly weak, uh, you know, certainly under 7%. And my bet would be for next year it'll be 6 to 6.5, and, and the year after it could be something quite similar to that. Thank you for your time, Arthur. Okay, my pleasure.